the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Greg Kelly Show. Wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> a lot of things going on, a lot of things coming together, and including. Oh, just footnote on the Supreme Court stuff from this morning, all of the brainiacs with uh, law degrees. And it, you can't just have a regular law degree from like um, Hofstra, all right? You got to, and you can't just have a law degree from Harvard. You have to be one of these guys who argues in front of the Supreme Court, who is there. It's a very small little group of people who know this stuff. And what they went through and what they divine is that well, I guess you don't have to be that with it to pick it up. That they're skeptical of this whole effort to keep Trump off the ballot in uh, Colorado and other states. Uh, and it looks like the Supreme Court is going to back Trump on this one. And uh, so he's, yeah, that's not that's not going to prevail. There was a rumor going around this morning that, you know, we have grave concerns about Chief Justice Roberts. Right. All kinds of concerns about that guy. Um, Just not reliable, not reliable. And deep down, we suspect that he hates Trump and he wants him gone. And this was an opportunity to get rid of Trump this way. Um, Now, there would be a hell of a lot of upheaval in this country, right, if they basically, well, destroyed democracy. Right. That that would be the destruction of democracy. If you get Trump off the ballot. I mean, at this point, no, that was it's not democratic, Uh, but it looks like they're not going to um, do that. And that's good. Yeah, we were worried about him. Now, Roberts thinks there's going to be potentially a crisis if Trump gets uh, elected in November. Well, I mean, so what? There's going to be a lot of sad people out there. Are they going to riot? Probably, and that's very regrettable. You know, go back to 2020. In the days before the election, what were they doing? Putting up uh, uh, barricades and putting up uh, uh, little boards like hurricane-proofing stores. Not for the eventuality of a Trump loss, right? They weren't afraid of Trump losing. It was if, if Trump won, there would be rioting. So the left, that's their tool. That's what they they. They rage around if they don't get what they want. They break things and they hurt people. Uh, And the Supreme Court, they're they're not as isolated. They're not in a cocoon. They live in the world more than ever before, actually. I mean, poor Justice Kavanaugh. They allowed that riot on his front lawn. And the word is that he was totally traumatized by that. And I understand it. A bunch of crazy leftists breaking the law. You're not allowed to parade in front of a justice's or judge's home. You can protest pretty much everywhere except in front of a judge's house during a trial. It's actually against the law. A federal judge, you can't do it uh, because you could sway him. You could intimidate him. And it looks like Kavanaugh may have been intimidated because, well, uh, there was that riot. And then a guy showed up with a bunch of guns wanting to kill him and his family and he still lives in the same house. Maybe we should think about putting the Supreme Court justices um, in a secure location. I mean, look at the White House. Look at the White House. You can't come within a half mile of the president, right? You can't. He is so safe. Well, maybe we should give at least one-ninth 
a little bit more than 10% the security the president gets to each of the Supreme Court justices. I think they deserve a bit more security than they get. A lot more. Put them on military bases. Put them in a secure compound. Uh, It's too easy. And I heard, unless you're the Chief Justice of the United States, you don't even get a car and driver. You're driving yourself to work. And after hearing those uh, uh, oral arguments today, I don't know why anybody would want to be a Supreme Court Justice. It's like you're arguing contracts all day long. You know, what what the meaning of the word is, is. And sometimes it gets a little bit exciting, but most of the time it's just, do you want to hear that again? I don't think we want to hear that again. Do we want to hear that again? Well, I mean, okay, let's hear it again. This is spicy by Supreme Court standards. Uh, This is Neil Gorsuch, a Trump appointee, by the way, uh, questioning the man from Colorado who wants Trump off the ballot. Cut 16. He speaks about disqualification from holding office. You say he is disqualified from holding office from the moment it happens. Correct, but nevertheless... So, so it, it operates, you say that there's no, no legislation necessary. I thought that was the whole theory of your case. And no procedure necessary. It happens automatically. Well, certainly you need a procedure in order to have any remedy to enforce the disqualification, which is I under, That's a whole separate question. That's the de facto doctrine. Doesn't work here. Okay, put that aside. He's disqualified from the moment, self-executing, done. And I would think that a person who would receive a direction from that person, the president, former president, in your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so, because I think, again, the de facto officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is the No, de facto, that that doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside, okay? I think Justice Lee is asking a very different question, a more pointed one, and more difficult one for you, I understand, but I think it deserves an answer. On your theory... Would anything compel a a lower official to obey an order from, in your view, the former president? I'm imagining a situation where, for example, a former president was, you know, a a president was elected and they were 25 and they were ineligible to hold office, but nevertheless they were put into that office. No, no, we're talking about Section 3. Please don't change the hypothetical, okay? Please don't change the hypothetical. I know I like doing it too, but please don't do it. Okay, well, the, the point I'm trying to make is he's that, disqualified from the moment he committed an insurrection. Whoever it is, whichever party, it, that, that happens. Boom. It happened. What would compel, and I'm not going to say it again, so just try and answer the question. If you don't have an answer, fair enough, we'll move on. What would compel a lower official to obey an order from that individual? Because ultimately we have, pers- we have statutes and rules. All right. Hey, pal. Don't try that de facto office doctrine ratification stuff with me, tough guy. You tried that before. Now, my question again. <laughs> de, fact, de facto office doctrine ratification. Uh, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. And that's supposed to be the big aha moment. Um, but anyway, you can tell, you can tell that. Gorsuch there is very skeptical of uh, Mr. Colorado, so it's probably not going to go well for Mr. Colorado and that whole idea of getting them uh, getting Trump off the ballot, probably smoking too much weed. Uh, the other thing that's coming to a head today, 
uh, Joe Biden. Now, Donald Trump, you know, he's in trouble for classified documents, even though he shouldn't be. I mean, this is the worst case. This, The fake news and fake jerk lawyers like former Attorney General Bill Barr. Yeah, fake jerk lawyer Bill Barr, who I think, and by the way, Mr. Attorney General, if you have a problem, call me. All right. I am happy to help. I'm serious. I think he has a drinking problem. Um, I mean, you tell me, would you show up on a television special about, you know, matters of the Constitution and the president and should he be impeached drinking scotch? He was drinking scotch in the middle of this special. It was the most inappropriate, weird thing I'd ever seen. So, yeah, I think he has a drinking problem. Uh, as somebody who once had a drinking problem, I mean this. I'm not. You do, I'm not saying that to ridicule you. I'm saying it that I want to help you. But um, now, having said that, maybe you're drunk when you go around telling people that the most serious case against Trump is the classified documents case because it is the most ludicrous case. It is the most unfair case, and it was shown to be so basically <laughs> three weeks after the raid on Mar-a-Lago. When they found that Biden had all that stuff, right? That Biden had all kinds of documents going back to 1974 when he was just a senator and had no business taking them home. 50-year-old secret documents in his house. But a week and a half after the Mar-a-Lago raid, you'll remember Joe Biden saying, uh, oh, my God, I was horrified, horrified when I saw that stuff. And you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that made compromised sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. And you don't know. And... You saw the photograph. All right, there you go. So totally irresponsible. That's it. Totally irresponsible. How that could possibly happen? How that could possibly ever happen? Well, they found stuff all over his house, including his garage. You heard that attitude, right? Now he's still got the attitude, but he flips it. Yeah, I got conservative. I got classified documents. I'll put them wherever I want. Hit me with that. Classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway, yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, But as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas in file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, 
The Department of Justice was immediately notified, and the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. Thank you very much. So how about that from that? outraged indignation to, yeah, they were in my garage. Everybody knows I take them seriously. No, we don't know that. You're vice president. You were senator. You had no business taking these documents home. From 1974, he later admitted, 1974, stuff in his garage, classified. So (laughs) talk about a double standard. Um, They have to bring out a federal guy to look into it. And this is the day that Garland appointed, uh, what's his name? I have no idea what his name is. We all know Jack Smith, that crazy guy investigating Trump, (laughs) indicting Trump all over the place. There is a man investigating Biden. His name is actually Her, like Ben Her, H-U-R. Never on TV. You never see him. Today's his big day because the report is about to come out. The report. That's it. It's just a report. Nothing more. Um just a just a like a book report, a position paper. This is Merrick Garland, the attorney general, the day he gave Mr. Her the big job. Good afternoon. I'm here today to announce the appointment of Robert Her as a special counsel pursuant to Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. In keeping with those regulations, I have today notified the designated members of each House of Congress of the appointment. I'm joined today by John Lausch, the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois, who conducted the initial investigation into the matter that I will describe today. On the evening of November 4, 2022, the National Archives Office of Inspector General contacted a prosecutor at the Department of Justice. It informed him that the White House had notified the archives that documents bearing classification markings were identified at the office of the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, located in Washington, D.C. All right, this is what's known as being shot by your own gun, <laughs> okay? This is after the FBI raid, after the, the after the stunt to hang Trump, they, everybody found out. This is done all the time. It's, they're everywhere. It's uncontrollable. Millions of people, millions of people have access to classified documents. I had secret access. Clearance. Me. Me. Some guy in the Marine Corps. I looked at classified stuff. Classified material. I used to burn classified material. Yeah. Yeah, I actually did. I was allowed to. I You fill out a form, whatever. Most people, they still think of it as, oh my gosh, this top secret, top secret. And that's what they're counting on. They're not going to take the jurors from the millions of people who know about this stuff, because most of them are in the beltway. Most of them are in the military. They're going to find some schnooks who don't know about it. Right. And scare the bejesus out of them and try to hang Trump with it. But they're caught. They're busted. And I think, I think there's a divine presence here. That's intervening. Don't you, don't you? Because all of these cases are blowing up. In their own special and unique way, and it's glorious to watch. I'll be right back. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, lights, camera, action. Alvin Bragg is actually indicting a criminal. How about that one, Alvin? What a what do you lawyers call it? A what a novel legal theory. You're actually you're actually now by the way, you're doing this because you were found out, you were exposed. Uh the entire world was demanding justice. You reluctantly reversed yourself. I mean, you can get around that. You can say, "Well, no, actually know this, that, the other thing." But right now he's uh He's announcing that a grand jury has indicted seven people in the uh, attack of the NY, the officers in Times Square. Remember the the illegal migrants, right? Jumped the cops, and uh, there was an uproar. They let them out of jail. They arrested them and they let them go. Well, yeah, we had, with no bail, no bail, and they gave the finger to us. And guess who shows up? Why? Because there's a camera there. And Eric Adams, there he is, right next to Alvin Bragg, uh, can pretend that he's tough on crime, can pretend that he stands for anything. He doesn't. I don't care how good he looks in that suit, right? Never forget. Never forget. He sees the world in dark, racist terms, right? There are crackers and there are brothers, right? I mean, he said it out loud. There's chocolate and there's... uh, Vanilla and vanilla is not a very interesting flavor in his book, right? He's Jesus. He is a narcissistic weirdo, no ability, no integrity, and he's going down. He's going to go down. There's just no way he makes it. Do you think he makes it? Remember, he's under federal investigation. You don't hear about that very much for whatever reason, right? The FBI took his cell phone and his computer and his iPad. Hmm? probable cause so keep an eye on that keep a close eye on that uh he's 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 announcing with the da an indictment he may be subjected to his own indictment very very soon tax day is coming oh no but if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you got the 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Everybody, uh, lot, now the left wing is upset at Tucker Carlson. They love being upset at Tucker Carlson because of the interview with it. Now there are a bunch of Republicans and conservatives going to war with each other. Let's see, Sebastian Gorka, who I like, has said something negative about about Tucker, and now people are saying horrible things about Sebastian Gorka, and now somehow just. And you go down these rabbit holes and they're now onto entirely different issues. Hey, MSNBC keeps hiring junior high school girls to cover the Capitol. <laughs> is that it? Is that an eighth grader or what? She's got to be in eighth grade. There's no way that that person is out of college yet. Julie on MSNBC telling us what's going on on Capitol Hill. And it's Oh, my gosh. The coverage of Capitol Hill. It's very, very B-I-T-C-H-Y bitchy. Whether it's a man or woman up there, they're always talking about, well, Democrats said this and Republicans say that. America, you know, I don't like Mitt Romney, but Mitt Romney did say one wise thing. America has become a country not about what you do, but about what you say, right? What you say. Somebody said something on the Internet and everybody loses their mind for 10 seconds and then we go on because somebody else said something and everybody's upset and everybody talk, 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 words, words, words. It's one of the many reasons why Donald Trump doesn't actually fit in in the swamp because I know, yeah, he talks and he says stuff and right. People freak out. Right. But he also more than anything else is a creator. He creates things. He has created things. I have this interesting picture of him from like 1981, and he's in a pit. He's in a a, just a, a, a a dirty pit, and he's got a hard hat on. And not a hard hat on for show. You know, like the politicians, they show up in the last day, and they wear the hard hat or the first day, and they break ground, right? And it's phony just for the cameras. Oh, he was actually like – he had a role there, all right, because it was – I think it was Trump Tower. Trump Tower was being built from nothing something or even actually harder from nothing to something, from something to nothing than something. There was the – what was there? The Bonwit Teller department store. He had to get rid of that thing, and then he had to uh, get the permission and this and that. Anybody who can do something like that is worthy of presidential consideration. Absolutely. It's more impressive than being a senator, right? Asking for favors, doing for favors, voting on things, creating bills, portions of bills that you never read, that nobody ever reads. That's um, that's interesting. Though. What do we think of Mitt Romney? Oh, Sandra, you want... You want to say something about Ronna Romney McDaniels, people forget. Uh, she's the Republican... Chief, the Republican Party chair, I guess, who's about to quit because, in my opinion, she stinks at her job. Hello. And she's also the niece of Mitt Romney. Hi. Hi. Yeah, so she had a meeting with Donald Trump, and they, she decided that she will... 
I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I read the news, babe. Come on, you know that, Sandra. I know about that. So take us to the next level. Okay, so the next thing is... All right, and also, um, you got a, uh, your telephone, you seem to have... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have different earbuds on today. I'm not Yeah, hungry. yeah, they stink. You got to get the old ones. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, Sandra, I got to go. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Uh, George in Garden City. Hi. Uh, I wanted to tell you something about Garden City and the Swazi family. Right now, the administrator of Garden City is a guy named Ralph Swazi. He's terrific. He's a Democrat. He has a long resume in administration. He helped straighten out the uh, city of Glen Cove. But this shows you the character flaw of all these politicians. His cousin, Tom, who's a polished guy, nice-looking, and very affable guy. Wait a second. Garden City doesn't have an administrator, does it? I thought it was a mayor. Who's the the administrator? What's the administrator? The administrator who runs everything. We have an elected mayor. We're a Republican town. I lived there for many years. You did, too. But the guy who runs things, you know, really runs all the civil service. There's a day-to-day full-time guy, and that's the administrator, and it's Tom Tom Swazi's cousin? Right, who's a great guy. All right, got it. He's a Democrat. Let me just just, keep going real quick. Okay, he's a great guy, well-polished. He helped straighten out Glenn Cove. The whole Swazi family was there. But this shows the character flaw of Tom Swazi and everybody who just votes party over what? family. Tom, uh, this guy, uh, Ralph, tried to run for mayor of uh, Glen Cove. And his own cousin, Tom Swazi, he didn't have the backing of the regular Democrats. So his own cousin didn't support him. It's disgraceful. So anybody out there who's going to go vote, forget that Tom is handsome and all of that, and Mozzie has eight kids. That your, your, your vote should be who is best for the country. If you believe Swazi is going to vote anyway except with Biden, you're kidding yourself. All right. All right. So I, I, agree. I, agree. I, I, I basically agree, except for the part where uh... – the cousin is involved. I don't care about the cousin. I don't, you know, cousins, cousin. I mean, uh, you know, how close are you to your cousins? Really? I love my cousins, but some cousins I haven't, I, 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 if they walked in the room, I wouldn't recognize them. I'm sorry. I mean, it's, and by the way, he was the administrator of, uh, of garden city. What's he doing running for uh, mayor of Glen Cove? Didn't he live in garden city? This was a long time ago. All right. I mean, I'm sorry. There's lots of reasons to vote. You know, the way I want people to vote. I'm not formally endorsing, but I'm America first. I'm MAGA. And uh, Mozzie Pillup seems to be more in line with that than Swazi. And Swazi was already a congressman. The, the, the stuff about the cousin and not endorsing. And look, that's politics, man. That's politics. It's just, uh, you know, and th- that's politics. Politics will break your heart. I'm, here I'm quoting Romney again. You know who said that? Romney's father. Politics will break your heart. So I'm sorry to uh, the administrator of Garden City, but that's what happens when you get in the political game. Your friends turn out to be not your friends. Even your family disappoints you sometimes. Yeah, that's one of the many reasons to not run for anything, to not do politics, because it'll break your heart. Hey, George, thank you. Oh, Barbara's here. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Craig. Hey, thanks so much for reminding us that we can't sit back and expect Donald Trump to do this by himself. Certainly, he is at least nine years into this. And when I think of the time and the energy and the angst that man has gone through for nine years, it's unbelievable. And when you were talking about we can all do something, it was Edmund Burke who said nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could do only a little. 
And that holds true for each of us. I love it. I love it. Edmund Burke, that was the guy. Thank you, Barbara. Barbara, um, my goodness gracious. Do you ever just kick back and watch a Netflix show or read a, a goofy romance novel? You've got so much great stuff in your head. Do you ever kind of just uh, take some time off? I've been doing this now for about 11 years with religious freedom. There were other causes that I wanted to work for, and I did, and I could live a normal life. But when I saw what was happening in this country to our rights of conscience, I could do nothing else. So I have to admit, I wake up in the morning thinking about it, and it's pretty much most of my day. And that's just the way it has to be for as long as God will allow me to do it, because our religious freedom in this country is everything. Once we have said we get our rights from government, not from God, as it says in our Constitution, once we have given to government all that power, all of our liberties then become a gift or a favor from whatever group or individual is in power, granted to us out of their largesse or because it works for them, not because those are our God-given rights. We must hold on to that, to our God-given rights as per our Constitution and the founding of our nation. Well, totally amazing, Barbara. You are right, and I'm so glad that you are all in um, on this project to save our democracy and to preserve our religious freedom. Thank God for people like you. Also, um, the thing about it is, and you're not missing anything by not watching those goofy TV shows. Uh, the TV shows are terrible. Everybody told me I should watch Griselda Marco. Griselda Marcos. Is that the name? Griselda Marcos. I finally did. And you know how everybody goes around saying, oh, TV shows are great. This show is great. you got to watch this show. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I think people automatically think that whatever they're watching is good. I, was, I watched it for 10 minutes. It stunk. You know the show, oh. Griselda Marcos? Anybody, every girl in Manhattan is talking about this show because Griselda is Sofia Vergara, who is the one from American Family. And uh, Barbara, thank you very much. Um, and I, I couldn't believe how bad it was. And the worst part where I knew I had to get out after they – it opens great. 30 seconds in, she is stabbed. Somebody stabbed her, and she's in the bathroom trying to clean the wound, and she's really nervous, and you feel like there's a guy downstairs. And she says to her kids, we got to get out of the house, and they get into a station wagon. We're going to Miami. And like, okay, next scene, they're in Miami, and uh, they're yelling at each other. This all happens in about five minutes, and then she meets her girlfriend, and they have lunch for two hours. (laughs) It feels like a two-hour conversation, and they're just talking about – you know, jerk husbands and girl stuff, and it goes on like this. James Flippin, are you familiar with that show? Um, I actually have heard about this show because I think everybody was very impressed that Sofia Vergara, I guess, was wearing like a prosthetic or something like that, and she somehow isn't as pretty as she usually is or something like that. So yeah, people are kind of fascinated with that when actors do that stuff. I, I, a prosthetic? I mean, where would the prosthetic go? Like she seems to be, uh, like she's that? got everything going on. She's a very. Something with her face, I think. I don't know. I anyway, I, I watched a documentary years ago called Cocaine Cowboys, which mm. was, I think, 
kind of loosely about her. What's her nickname? Like White Spider or something like that? Death Widow. I don't know. Something grim. But it's about cocaine. You know, she's a she's a she was a kingpin. The right? show, kingwoman. The show. I didn't. I don't. I can't tell you what happened. I got out after during kingpin. the lunch scene. I got. What is? Um, give me something. What is the the latest on? So we just heard from Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg that they've indicted seven more of those migrants that allegedly assaulted two New York City cops, which was back January 27th in Times Square. And as you're probably aware, Bragg came under a lot of criticism because his office did not ask for bail when they originally arrested these guys. Yeah, so we, yeah right. Seven more indictments. There was the first indictment yesterday, and I've heard upwards of 14 people may have taken part in this um, you know, assault yesterday. There was four people detained in Arizona. So, you know, it seems as though things are happening a little bit. With well, this you case. know, when we yell and scream about injustice that we see and some people like, oh, you're always outraged and it's just uh, outrage, uh, the outrage culture. No, we're trying to get certain things done, actually, and uh, like get those bums uh, arrested. Uh, and uh, like Alvin Bragg wouldn't have done any of that, any of that, if it wasn't for conservative media. Conservative media were the ones who kept that story alive, who highlighted it, kept pounding it and pounding it and pounding it, the absurdity of it, and became a national issue thanks to conservative media. And Alvin Bragg, even Kathy Hochul got the message. You know what I mean? They started re- revisiting the whole, hey, you know, Alvin Bragg is fireable by you, Kathy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> What's what? Put- she is. Forget. All right. So anyway, yeah, that's conservative media. And um, so everybody will move on. And I see Adams there. You know what I mean about what a camera hog. What a what a guy. He just he's like live shot Kerry. John Kerry. That was his nickname. Live shot. Wherever the news crews went, that's where he went. And um, all right. So that's happening. 14. Sounds you know what? Sounds a little bit like twice the usual suspect. Round up twice the usual suspects. 14. All right. What else? Uh, let's see. Obviously, we're keeping a close eye on everything going on with the Supreme Court and that argument concerning whether or not Trump can be eligible for the ballot. We've got here in New York City, there was a pro-congestion pricing rally today. People who like congestion pricing, but they say that New York should be providing more free buses. All right. What union derelicts were there? Who who was at the congestion? The pro- these were union people. Sla- what that? What, well, well, who, it, it could who? have been one of the it could have been like the what do they call the um the Riders Alliance, there's like that transit advocacy group, you right. know, that and they, they really got all like the secretaries, transit. everybody who works there to go. And how many people were there? Six, six get, with signs to get back to six. You on that. What a phony baloney thing. You know, I was in the I took a cab today and in the back of the cab and I watched the news on the cab mm-hmm. and all of it is. Press release journalism. And I remember the three stories. It was from uh, Darlene Rodriguez and Michael Gargiulo, mm-hmm. right? And what were the three stories? I remember the first one. It New was subway cars no, 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 or no. something like that. In Bronx, police are on the search for suspects wanted in connection with. All right, stop right there. Right mm-hmm. in the Bronx, I always know in any jurisdiction in the in the country, police are always looking for. Bad guys, bad guys. By the way, they're not looking for suspects. They're looking for the perpetrators. Everybody always gets that wrong. Drives me crazy. So talk about burying the lead. Police are on the search for suspects in the Bronx, all right, um, 
a bodega was robbed of $100,000. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the interesting part. Yeah. That goes first. It's interesting. We've had this conversation before. I think the classic, and what do I know, but the way that they seem to be teaching people to do this from when I first got into news is almost like you're, you're – teasing the story while you're doing it right like it has to be like there's something that's happening right now yeah, it's always so the cops are searching right now right it's always a tease that's an interesting way of looking at it the other big story according to darlene and michael was that uh the stone pony in new jersey it's his 50th anniversary yeah it's stone it's stone pony day tonight. now that's the kind of thing that if you're in newsrooms that's like oh that's a cute item but nobody in the real world would ever say, hey, did you know it's the 50th anniversary of the Stone Pony? I just heard it on the news. Well, what about, so yesterday I would did. Ever, would, do you think anybody would ever do that? No, that one, no. But what about yesterday we did the story about it was the, the anniversary when the Beatles showed up in New York because they were going to go on Ed Sullivan. Does that one count? Does that pass the test? The 60th anniversary. Yeah. It's a little bit. Little it's a little No, it's a little bit better because that was a. There was a cultural shift. Right, exactly. And there's also great footage of the Beatles getting off the Pan Am 707. And, and the soundbite was great because they're like, oh, look at those haircuts. So much hair. I don't remember that. That's what I played yesterday, the soundbite. Uh, I, I, and so that, that was, that's more meaningful than the 50th anniversary of the Stone Pony. <laughs> and is it January 1st? Is it February? No, it's the anniversary. It's basically a commercial. And then Christian Soriano, the fashion, the fashion guy, was partnering with some other fashion thing to do something else. And, like, you know, I don't know, some publicist wanted some attention yeah. on something. And when you do it that way, the only person who cares, oh, I'm sorry, we are late, James. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Channel four, for the most part, I like the other stuff that you do, especially Darlene and Michael. They're good, but uh, a little bit of work on the copy and we'll be fine. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, we'll have to do one little baby talk. This is, Ma- you know, I was sick and Madeline was taking care of, I'm sorry, Annalise, her big sister, the four-year-old was taking care of me. And you know how she was going to get me better? By delivering me her toys all day long. So uh, every every uh, half hour or so, she'd come in with a, with a new toy. And she came in with uh, with um, all of her little friends, but she'd have to surprise me each time. Uh, she had a little special backpack. She's four, by the way. Four. Go. Okay. Don't open your eyes yet. Well, my eyes are closed. See, it was always a surprise. Opening her backpack. Open your eyes. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's a Dalmatian. I love him so much. Where are you going? No, I'm going to get my, my, my other prizes. She's going to get her other prizes. <laughs> and she brings them back to me. It was a little Dalmatian with a fireman's cap on, and she thought it would get make me better. And I think it helped. I think it actually helped. All right, got to go momentarily. Tommy, hello. Hey, how you doing, Greg? Good. So, this uh, Michigan situation... And I feel bad for the woman, you know, getting convicted. But I think at some point in time, man, um, parents have to start taking responsibility for their for the actions of their children. I, uh, you know, to some degree, yeah. But where? What's the limit? I mean, you're 15 years old. 
15 year old you're, you're, some 15 year olds are like over 6 feet and 200 pounds. I mean you're 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 entering manhood status. How can a parent can't how can a one human being be in charge of everything the other human being does? I don't think that's I don't think that's reasonable. I don't think that's fair. I mean you should say that. I'm 6 foot 3, 270 pounds. My mother is 5 foot 2. And to this day, if my mother says jump, I jump. That's the difference. Well, that's well. I mean, that's the way it worked in your house. I mean, not every house is like that, and we can't make the state or we can't pass a law to make every uh, every household as you know tightly run as yours was. Right? Some people say, "Mom," you know what I mean. Some people ever hear Eddie Murphy do that bit about arguing with mothers? That's really funny. <laughs> and some of his friends, oh my goodness, it's Eddie Murphy. We forget what a great stand-up he was. Tommy, I appreciate it. Uh, Keep in touch. Baltimore, I love it. All right, sorry I'm out of time. To be continued, many thanks.